Nation. Hey, welcome back to Earbuds Podcast. It is your boy, Brett Pretzelman Maker and the Duke. BJ and the Bear. BJ and the Bear. Tuesday mornings. (laughs) Back for another round of sounds in your profound ear bones. Dang, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> you could say, righteous. You know what? Those are always the best morning shows to have as soon as you wake up. Are the loud, obnoxious ones where they talk about their own dicks and stuff. Yeah, are they meant to like wake you up in that way? Because they are all yelling. I think I think so. I think it's supposed to like wake you up in the worst possible way. Like if you if you can't get a cup of coffee or, or some tea or something, it's Just like the next best you to, to, to wake. Yeah, it it forces you into consciousness. Uh, well, it's they. I used to. I can't believe I used to listen to those um, growing up, like all the time, like driving to high school and shit. Like, <laughs> really? What what was your uh, what was your station? It was. It was in Houston, man. I don't even remember the names, but they were like famous in Houston. Like every city, every major city has like their famous morning zoo yeah, talk sure. radio personalities. We, and we, uh, we got Bobby Bones over here. Bobby Bones? That sounds sounds about right. It was something like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, I just, I don't know. I loved it. Like they used to prank call people and like tell oh, them. Yeah. You know, oh, your wife told us that you are cheating on her or something, and they would like oh, nice. do these horrible, horrible jokes. Awesome. And, like, these some of these people would get so fucking mad and like hang up, and they'd call them back and keep messing with them. And I was just like, I was just thinking like, I've never been into prank calling because I don't want to be the reason why someone has a shitty day. Or, I like, mean, yeah, and even like even after. You're like, oh, dude, it was a joke. It was a joke. You got Mark here. You, you know, even after that, like, you're still kind of like, man, well, I'm pissed off still. Yeah, it's like just because you were joking doesn't mean I'm not mad anymore. Yeah. Like, there was this, uh, there's this one prank call. It's kind of infamous. I don't know if you've heard it. It's like the, these dudes call this mom, uh, to like give you free tickets to see John Cena WrestleMania, and like the da, 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 da. have you have you seen that one? <laughs> no. She, the mom. I mean, they they keep calling her back. They call her back like six times, and she just gets uh, you know red hot, just just a red fury, and I I would too. <laughs> it is kind of funny. I haven't listened to it in a while. It might just be annoying now, but. they are Uh, i like again i've never done prank calls but i lived with a guy for a a few years that uh i don't know i don't know why he thought of this i don't know how he got a a wild hair up his ass to to like prank call some random ass number uh but he we were like and he didn't smoke or anything like i was stoned and i was just like dude don't do this and he was just like no no it'll be funny it'll be funny and i'm just like all right and he called them and he was speaking to like their customer service lady like with an indian accent uh-huh. like, like from india not nice American, but, like yeah and he was just he just kept repeating lines 
from Life of Pi and Spider-Man, but in an Indian accent. And the lady was just like, sir, uh, you know, I'm trying to understand how I can help you. Like, is there anything I can do to help you? And he, and you just go like, I'm not going to mimic the accent or anything, but he would just say some, some quote from Life of Pi. And she yeah. was just so confused. Yeah. And I could tell like he was ruining her night, you know? And I just like, it made me feel so bad. I was like, I never want to be, the reason why someone goes home pissed off, you know? Yeah. Even when I was like in elementary school, uh, like I felt bad doing it. And then I got a job at the bowling alley. Uh, and, and I got a couple prank calls there. There was, there was one where it was, it sounded like it was this seven year old. And she was like, Hey, I have, I have nine, I have nine Porsches in the parking lot. <laughs> Oh, it, it, like I don't it, like I don't even know what y'all are doing. I don't know what this is. And when you're on the clock, those prank calls are a lot less funny, <laughs> right? Like you're like I have like customers that I need to be helping, or I have work that I need to be doing, and you're like, it's not only like, and you're trying to do a joke at my expense, but it's not a funny joke either. Yeah, like no no prank calls when they're being done to you is funny in the moment. Like you're just pissed off and annoyed. Yeah. And it, Any it, prank. I've had little kids try and fuck with me, and my immediate reaction is to get so angry. Because I'm just like, I'm not playing. A, like, I see I'm your not friends your game. over there playing. Or, like, I see your friends laughing at the thing that you're doing to me right now. And, like, it's not funny. Like, it's... And we... I felt I feel bad thinking back on it because I would do that type of shit in person. Like, I would mess with someone at the mall. You know? And it was just to make my buddies laugh. Or I would do something really awkward in public, right? And embarrass myself to make it was anything for a laugh, man. Ugh. Like growing up, it was anything for a laugh. But I still refused to do prank calls. But for some reason, like in person stuff, I'm just like, ah, eh, whatever. Like I'm gonna fuck with someone at the bowling alley. Like it's funny because I have a story at a bowling alley that, oh man, it was kind of, it was kind of terrible actually when oh. I think back on it. Not. Uh Honestly, not what I did. Okay, so, like, we were just fucking around, right? Like, it was just a busy, it was a Friday night. It was, like, eight of us, 16-year-olds. Like, I don't even think we drove. I think we were, like, 15. And, you know, and, and I was a fucking just so desperate for attention that I was literally willing to do anything to make my friends laugh. And especially, like, you know, these girls that I had crushes on. That were right. like hanging out, you know, I'm 15. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do some really embarrassing shit tonight and I'm going to feel great about it. So uh, while we were there, I was just like fucking around and I was doing the thing where like, you ever seen Big Lebowski? Bits and pieces. You you might have seen this part because it's kind of famous, but like one of the guys who, uh, in the bowling alley, his name's Jesus. And he like waxes or polishes his bowling ball by like putting it in a towel and like shaking it around really fast where it looks right, like he's like, yeah. it looks like, you know, balls or yeah, whatever. Ni yeah. Nice. So I was doing that a whole bunch. Um, and, and the way the bowling alley was set up, it's like, sometimes you kind of have to share an area with people. And so yeah, we were sure. sharing, yeah, we were sharing like the next lane over, um, with like a group of like, you know, 40 something year olds, clearly like parents who like, were just out for the night or whatever. And on a Friday night, you know, so like they were having to deal with a bunch of fucking annoying yeah. 15 yeah. year olds, especially <laughs> me. And at one point, like, I think I threw my ball like directly in the gutter, you know, not on purpose, like, but I did that. And my reaction was just like, I fucking just like, <laughs> like 
I just like went limp and just like fell down into the ground and just laid there. <laughs> of course, well, that's hilarious. Funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Like hilarious to everyone, uh, especially me and my friends. But then, man, this lady by that point, some of the adults loved us and like were laughing at all the goofy stuff we were doing. And clearly, there was one or two ladies that were not enthused at all. Yeah, and, and to, were, like not not fans of y'all's act. No, no patience for us at all. Like they are there to get away from their kids and they're having to deal with like even more annoying kids. So right. like I flopped down and I just like, and I lay down to like, you know, whatever. And then a lady, one of the ladies comes up to me, picks me up by my ear. By your ear? She grabs my ear and picks me up. And immediately I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do not touch me. Who are you? Blah, blah. And she grabs me and it whispers in my ear, get your fat ass off the ground. Whoa. Uh, I'm sorry. Dude, I didn't know how to react at first, but I like definitely like hit her arm away from me. And I said, you know, and I, I was cussing like a sailor even back then. So I was like, don't you ever fucking touch me. Like, I immediately, like, flipped a switch. I was like, who the hell is this lady? And she goes, go over there and sit down. What? I'm I'm your mom now. I'm your bowling mom. You will listen to me and respect my authority. Literally, she was acting like my bowling mommy. And I'm just like, who the hell does this You usually have to pay for those. Yeah, I mean, and I would (laughs) have. I probably still would. And she, but I sat down. For like a couple of minutes, almost like in shock. And then I I remember I said some or I I started talking shit about her very loudly. Yeah, sure. To to my friends. And I said, like, did y'all hear what this lady just said to me? And blah blah. blah. And and they're all just like, Oh my god, who? And she's literally four feet away from us, and I point right at her. And I was like, her. Right there. Like she said this, she said that. I was just like, can you believe this bitch? Like blah, blah. And I'm saying, you know, terrible stuff too. But then yeah, she gets up and starts like gets in my face and she's drunk and she gets in my face. I'm sitting down. She's standing up. So she's like bending over, like yelling at me and like spitting, you know, just like she's yeah. like yelling. So, and she's, I'm just like getting like spit in my face and I'm like wiping my face and I like put my hand up and I was just like, get the fuck out of my face lady. And then she tries to slap me (laughs) and I've like block her hand. And, and, uh, like, but what I, some, I, I told before that I was just, she goes, you respect me. I am your elder. You respect me. And I said, I don't respect anyone who doesn't respect me. And she was just like, well, I don't need to respect you. You're just a kid, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, I, I, I told her, I was like, I am not going to give you any respect at all if you're acting like this. I was like, you are drunk. I, I mean, mean, you're drunk and you're yelling at a 15-year-old. You're getting in my face. I was like trying to call her out of just like, look how bad you look right now. Honestly, even even for someone who wasn't a bad boy rebel like you, like acting so belligerent like that to a 16-year-old, I don't like that doesn't deserve any respect. No, at all. And and again, like she was really drunk. So I don't think she really exactly knew what she was doing, you know, but man, I started like yelling right back at her, but I'm sitting down the whole time and she's yelling. And then, you know, I said like, I'm not going to respect you if you don't respect me and blah, blah. 
And then, uh, and my friends are just sit, like watching, you know, just like un, like in disbelief. And then she she keeps yelling stuff, and I was like, "Look at you!" I was like, "You're wasted." I was like, "Go hang out with your friends, like, leave us alone." And I and I and then she kept yelling, and I started laughing at her, and that's when she tried to hit me. Is that so, when she tried to slap you, or is this a second hit? No, that's that's when she tried to slap me. Okay, that was that was the only slap attempt. Like the and, only the only attack. Yeah, I started laughing at her, you know, and oh my god, she got so mad. She like reeled back, like swung, and I like lifted up my arm because I was like just out of karate at that point. I think it'd been like a year or two, so I didn't, you know, it's yeah, like, you bad boy. I knew how to block a drunk woman's hand, so I just like lift up my arm, and uh, she was just like, she got mad that I blocked her. <laughs> she was like, "How dare you!" And I'm just like, "Are you kidding me? Are and you that's what my serious?" That's when my friend, one, I don't know who it was, but that's when all my friends were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then one of them got up and grabbed someone from the, from, you know, like probably a you, like when you were working at the bowling alley, like someone grabbed. No, a, yeah, I a, remember that. It was me. I, I was assume, I'm assuming it was you. I think I was, how old were you? You were 16. So I was, uh, uh, two, three, something like yeah, that. Yeah. This, this dude was pretty small, <laughs> but I, he looked really young, <laughs> but I knew, I knew how to run the place. You were, yeah, you were the heavy there. Yeah. You were, you were a fat baby. I was a fat baby. I was like 20 pounds. New? Brand new? Fresh out of the box? <laughs> yeah, 20 pounds <laughs> out the box. <laughs> <laughs> they had to give me a T section, a T section for a. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for your mom. Oh, she's fine. She, she lost, you know how much fine, weight she okay? lost when I got out of there? She was ecstatic. That's true. She's like, I was worried I was getting fat. It turns out I was just pregnant. <laughs> was it just a kid in there? <laughs> well, needless to say, another kid who worked at the bowling alley ended up having to kick those people out. Oh, man. And and at the end of the night, I lo- like I felt so vindicated, but I felt bad, too. Because I was just like, man, that lady was just trying to have a good night. <laughs> and here I come, you know, desperate for attention. And I was a social slut just really hamming it up and just she got really, so fed up with it i mean y'all were both just out trying to have a good time in your in your own separate ways that conflicted with each other yeah my good time uh meant that she had to have if she wasn't into it she was gonna have a little less of a good time yeah uh but that's what i mean like some of the some of the people in her group were like legit laughing and like joking around with us and like loving us you know like we weren't out there to like i wasn't pulling a prank on her i wasn't there to fuck with her i mean yeah it's not like y'all were like rolling bowling balls into their lanes and like trying to trip them or anything right and and the only thing is i i fell down and uh maybe i was like you know maybe i was getting into their lane adjacent area i don't know maybe she was up to bowl she should have just bowled and hit me in the head yeah, honestly. That, that would have taught me a lot. Well, that probably would have led you down a way better path than you are now. Uh, I mean, obviously, I still hold this, you know, <laughs> I'm holding on to this memory pretty fucking strongly. <laughs> I think it was really the fact that she said, like, get your fat ass off the ground. Because I was like. I mean, yeah, when you start bringing stuff like that into it. Yeah, because I was super sensitive about my weight. Like, I was, like, really chubby in high school. And so, like, her saying that to me, like, she immediately, like, hit a nerve. You right. Know? And, uh, yeah. So, that was that kind of, ever since that day, I wasn't really that into, like, 
making someone else deal with my joke. Like my, I didn't want my joke to be like at any expense of anyone. Right. Yeah. Like that. Uh, except, you know, hanging out with friends and you say like the most horrible shit you could think of to, you know, to make fun of each other or whatever. But like, yeah, strangers, man, like I was never into the prank call thing. So, uh, I, how the fuck do we get into this? I'm stoned. Uh, well, I asked you a question. Was your refrigerator running? <laughs> oh, you were trying to prank me. This is, I haven't been recording. Is this, this, this is this is a, BJ and the bear? Yeah, this is BJ. Oh man, you got us. You, you fan of the show? Uh, oh, I don't know why. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm totally a fan. Oh man. Well, you know what? We're going to send you some merch. All right. We're going to have you on your way. I love you guys, man. You guys talk like me. And hey, man, we love you too. See you tonight. What? What? All right. Next caller. <laughs> What's up, buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds. <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. Uh, we are your long time hosts, first time hosts. We're taking over this radio broadcast. We're taking over BJ and the Bear. We're taking over the studio for our own podcast, the Earbuds Podcast. It's Lucas the Reggae Horn in Jerkovs and, and Brett, Brett the Ska Horn Hanrahan. Oh. I love ska horns and we're coming at you from uh, sandusky ohio <laughs> beautiful <laughs> beautiful sandusky ohio tropical sandusky wow where the sun always shines <laughs> the sun always shines and the fog is lifted it's because we have no trees we it is not possible to grow trees in sandusky ohio i don't think anyone knows that but uh but you it's heard it here first. With. It's BJ in the tree. <laughs> so, Lucas, what do we, what do, what do people usually call us? Do you know that? And the Sultans of Swang. The, the Joker, the Smoker. The Lord of the Schwings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, if I had a nickel for every time someone called me that. Uh, you'd have. I wouldn't have any money. Right, the dictresses of dungeons, or the odd couple of podcasts. Yeah, or the pod couple of oddcasts. I've heard that. Oh, really? Around. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know like about it. that one. I don't. I don't like it. Um, yeah. But people just stop. They just refuse to stop. I mean, if that's what the people want, then I guess that's what the people are going to get, right? That's yeah. We'll give it to them. We are we are the pod couple of oddcasts. Or wait, I mean, the wait, yeah, that was it. Yeah, no, you got it. <laughs> I got it right the first time. <laughs> and we are talking about, for some reason, <laughs> the, the album, what is it called? Oh, God. I'm not, this uh, is an album called Spit by a band from the 2000s called Kitty. Y2K, the turn of the new decade. Uh, brought upon us the era of new metal. And boy, was I into new metal in the year 2000. <laughs> Holy shit, buddy. I was, I mean, for real, I was really into it. I mean, I bet, man. It, you, y'all, the way y'all talk about corn 
is a lot more forgiving than most people. Like we we talk about them like with reverence. Yeah. Like them in, in the first Limp Biscuit album is just like it is just this thing that like a masterpiece of our generation. I was I mean this was I think new metal was all I listened to for like uh, two or three years. You ever into PM five K? You know, I was into the worlds collide, but that was about it. I never really dove. I never got that album. I, I was more into his brother, Rob zombie. I'm sorry. The singer of power man 5,000 is Rob zombies brother. What? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I had yeah. no idea. Well, I got something to tell Lily now. <laughs> now you have some trivia. We we are the biggest BM, PM5K fans. Y'all are PM fans? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, Very just sad. that one song? Y'all just listen to that on loop? I mean, yeah, I don't know any other songs by them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I did love that. This is what it's like. Like that was a good one. You're right. They had a they had a great look. That like Mad they Max. They sure like, did. Like yeah. space Mad Max look. Yeah, I loved it. Man, I uh, before I got my hair cut a couple days ago, I was able to get my hair looking like that dude. Just, Just kind of like, straight up like uh like that yeah. fighter from like Tekken. Oh yeah. Well, isn't that um kind of uh, like a Chester hair also. Didn't he have the same, the same Ch- deal? Chester from Lincoln park. Yeah. No. Wait. Okay. So how was, was that dude's hair just like straight up only on the top of his head? Chester, Chester just kind of was bald. I think. No, he had the, he had the spiky all around hair when, when their first album came out. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. This, this look though, this like, astronaut biker <laughs> it's great well speaking of it looks works. uh i think we ought to get to the topic at hand uh yeah. van kitty their debut album spit looking like this is the most this is such a time capsule of like scene emo goth girls from the yes. 2000s yes the the com- the combination of like the rave culture and like the new metal metal culture. Oh for sure. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. With the uh, oh god, like the the mesh tops and yeah, the, the, the chokers, the, the, the chokers, yeah, the hair, yeah, um, just the the hair and the makeup and I mean they were dressed like every other. That was the new metal costume, you know, right? Like even dudes in new metal wore, wore choker necklaces. <laughs> Like that that was nothing new back then. I mean, I was I I never I never like went full in on any subculture fashion. Like cuz I was talking about this recently, man, where like punk music is like so much more of a fashion subculture now than a than a a belief system, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, and it kind of seemed like that it was like that for from the beginning. But it had this, you know, really, you know, it had this like starting point is just like a fuck you to everybody. But then that became a fuck you in the terms of like how we dress, you know, well, and if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Sex Pistols were formed because some dude like took four models from a model audition and made them play instruments. What? For real? I, I, th- that could be some hallucination I made up. That could have been some 
weird thing I heard on TV, but th- that's what I remember hearing about those guys. That's crazy because that's we were talking about the Sex Pistols, where like it, they kind of started out as like really like they weren't trying to play good music, like they were trying to play music that would piss people off because it wasn't good, right? And and then yeah, and I just remember like it, it made me recall like in high school when I was really into the punk uh, ska scene, and that definitely also had its own gatekeepy clothes stuff, like clothing stuff, like the type of shirts you wear and the type of like just the outfits that you put together, like. Right. I mean, like, you know, the, the knee high, like tube socks with like ska music and like the, if you wore Vans, yeah. you know, like you <laughs> yeah. can't, like you couldn't be into punk and wear Nikes. Like, it's not like, it, it was like, you, if you're either wearing Vans or Chucks and if not, then like, you're not really a punk, you know, or you're not really a whatever. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, it's weird how like clothes and fashion has always been directly tied with like different scenes, like different musical genres. So it's just like new metal definitely had its look and i never went all in you know i never like i wanted the jinkos but i never actually got the jinkos you were you were too afraid of their power i was i knew i couldn't harness it for good <laughs> only evil yeah only Certainly. bad only bad could come of that the only the the deepest i went was like obviously like gelling my hair just to a, a helmet um <laughs> but also i colored my fingernails with sharpies ah that that was what I never bought nail polish. I mean, if that's not punk, I don't know what is. But I was talking more about the new metal thing. Like this is like seventh grade. I was like the deepest I went into new metal. Like I never like put on makeup or like you know dyed my hair any crazy colors, even though I wanted to. <laughs> but I did gel my hair to shit, and I put black sharpie on my fingernails. So I was just that was as deep as I could go. Oh. But yeah, man. I mean, it's everything aesthetically about the album cover of Spit is so funny <laughs> like looking back and and the leopard print what like, is up with that the leopard print frame i i did watch a live <laughs> yeah, video a frame. i watched the live video and i noticed that the singer guitarist had a leopard print strap so i wonder okay. which came first mm, i bet I, I bet the strap probably influenced them like oh that's cool like and it's also like feminine too you know yeah right like animal print type of yeah uh yeah man like like even when i remember when the video for brackish came out which was like the probably the the biggest single on this record because i think they had a few yeah uh that even even when that came out and that was like really like legit like up to my elbows in, in new metal at that point and even then i didn't really like it really yeah, I, I, there was something about Brackish that was kind of cool, um, but I remember listening to this album. I forgot who I know who I knew that had it, but I listened to it one day. I, I guess I borrowed it from them, and even then, I thought that it seemed very mediocre. Uh, I, and I'll agree with you by it, it, when you say that it was recorded pretty poorly. Like the tone of this album in the mixing. Uh, is pretty pretty off but i love this album dude you love it i love this album dude i can't get i just can't get past how how standard it is well i guess uh being a person who was not uh balls deep in the new metal scene right uh this is is, hmm? sorry go ahead go ahead finish your thought uh well it's just the the most I know about new metal is 
or you know good new metal at least i've heard a couple corn songs i listened to that corn album uh i i i don't know if lincoln park counts i don't know if rage against the machine they do rage was like the very beginning rage like influenced uh, like pretty much all of new metal but like as far as this type of new metal goes i really have little to no experience in it and Mm. like in general i think the riffs go hard i love the aggression Mm. uh i love how you know just just raw it sounds uh but that just might be a a very plain like yeah of course it's that it's new metal but but i'm not experiencing it yeah dude i mean that makes perfect sense because um i might feel totally differently if if this was like one of my first new metal bands that i'd heard you know like because it is like it is such standard new metal it is such like uh it sounds like combinations of like cold chamber and static X and corn at times, but then they also get kind of punky and like a little thrashy and stuff, but it's like, it's listening to the album for me. I couldn't get past the production value. And I, I feel like if that was on point with this record, I would like it so much more. Because I like I can still go back to a lot of new metal albums and love them, but recognize that it's not the best music per se, or like <laughs> right. it doesn't have the most musicianship, you know, or dynamics really. Um, but the production value is like what really, really pushes it over the edge for me. A lot of those albums, like when we were talking about issues by Corn, the production of that album that came out in, in like twenty years ago, it sounds like it could have come out today. And I think that's that was the big deciding factor with this because I don't like listening to to this raw of music. That's why I don't like live albums. And it's <laughs> it, and there there is a certain crustiness I can appreciate of some old like punk, um, but it's hard for me to listen to old metal that isn't recorded well because um, it's like it's like grating to me. Well, as a as a as a person who constantly listens to his own music and uh, tries to find local music. I mean, this sounds so much better than most like local DIY stuff. Uh, For sure, yeah. And also, (laughs) if we're talking about old metal, like you love that Pantera album, right? Vulgar Display of Power? Vulgar Display of Power. I hate how that album sounds. Really? I just, the, the, the guitar sounds so cheap. They, they do. Um, it, they're very tinny, right? Yeah. But, uh, man, I bet a lot of my love for that album also comes from, like, nostalgia. I, I was super into it when I was a kid. So I, it's one of those, like, it's not just the music, right? It's, like, the memories that are tied to it. Like, yeah. it's not just the, you know, $3 bill, y'all, as a, as a piece, as a composition <laughs> and a collection of songs. It's, it's everything that it, it makes me think of. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, I, dude, yeah. I mean, listening to this, that was one thing that was hard for me to get into it was because of the guitars, because of how, like, over-distorted they were. Yeah, that is true. It, it kind of loses its, its its shape at times. Yes, exactly. It's so muddled to me. Like, a lot of the, like, the, like you said, like, they can play some pretty awesome riffs, but when it sounds like you're listening to it through, like, a like through a body of water. 
it kind of it kind of ruins it for me. It's yeah, it's it's a little saturated. I don't know if that's that's the right perf- word. Per- yes, perfectly. Yeah, it's it's just muddy. It's yeah. too much. And I, dude, I mean, honestly, as a drummer, and this girl, whoever's playing drums on this, she's she's good for sure. Um, she has some great parts, but the sound of her drums, how, how can you get past that? I guess because, because you listen to so much like local stuff that's like recorded. So like DIY that, you know, it wasn't that bad to you. So you can enjoy it. Like I was just as a, as a guitarist, I couldn't, I couldn't get past the guitar tones. So like as a drummer, how do you get past that, that snare, man? I mean, it, it seems like the production of the drums kind of changes song by song. Uh, but she does have like one symbol that did actually really annoy me throughout the album. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Just like one particular crash symbol and even the ride symbol at times sounds like garbage. Uh, the, the the drums didn't really, uh, annoy me too much. And it's so, the snare was hard for me. This is, it's honestly so refreshing to listen to a good girl drummer. (laughs) <laughs> oh and I, sure, sure i know that sounds like that sounds sexist uh Dude, yeah because there are so many that we probably don't even know of yeah right and yeah. like even in in, in my you're talking local about meg white <laughs> you're not talking I mean, about female drummers <laughs> yeah and there i mean there are so few female drummers at, at out there and few few that i know of even in our punk scene mm-hmm. uh our local punk scene one of the best drummers is a girl one of the best drummers in our punk scene happens to be a girl. So I know right. girls can be good drummers, obviously. Yeah, uh, there's a lot there's a lot of like badass female drummers on Instagram. I, I don't know what bands they're in, but there are a right. lot of really yeah, good ones. Yeah, I've been yeah. seeing a lot of those on YouTube. Yeah, uh, and, probably the same people. And, and so I'm like, I'm so glad because all the all the stuff I've seen up till now is they, they kind of play, they, they all kind of play... Um, what they have Very, to play it's it's they kind of play like meg white in that they play a little caveman-ish mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's because they want to compensate for being a girl or if i don't i, I could be making that completely up but they all kind of have this like they all play very stiffly and sure um but i mean it, it, it all that to say this drummer is pretty good and the, she, she all the musicians really good, on yeah. this albums are, are pretty good as well. They're not, they're not like the most, they're not like tool or anything. They're not going to be blowing anyone's right. minds on this album. But that's not, that's not new metal. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't find a lot of impressive musicianship. Like I, I do randomly think that corn, the, the musicianship in corn is like top tier, uh, new metal musicianship. Like they are all, really really good and Limp Biscuit too like randomly you know people don't think about that but like it is a fact that the bassist and get, like the the musicians in Limp Biscuit are legitimately like incredible at right. what they do it, it, so even the like, drummer is really good the drummer band. is really good uh so you know I feel like it's just you kind of like Static X like Static X had like a really great uh guitarist like you kind you can find that here and there but like I will say legitimately like despite what I think about the record as a whole or like the, the, you know, especially the production value, like they, the musicians are good uh, in Kitty and 
And what's crazy is that apparently they wrote most of these songs when they were like 14 or 15. Well, yeah, that's that's the other thing to consider about this album. That I had to consider that, yeah. Is that they, uh, at least one of the members, I couldn't get the age of the other ones, but the, I believe the lead guitarist was 17 when this album came out. Yeah, dude. That, I mean, and so this, this type of songwriting, I, I feel like not to, not to, you know, not to uh, lower their efforts and stuff, but I feel like they must have had someone else helping them write the songs because you don't see this kind of songwriting from like 14 year olds, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly rare, I would think. Um, but you never know, man. Like if they, they were listening you know, they could. This could just be really like we were saying, like just good musicians. You know, like some people start young. Like, um, but also, like it. It sounds really like, uh, you know, very typical for what you would hear around that time, like in the new metal scene. But it's also like probably because that's what they were influenced by. You know, so like it's they're hearing that and then they're making their own version of that that's all we're like that's all i was really doing in high school like in my songwriting was just like hearing a less than jake song and being like i want to write a, a, a version of that yeah um so you know it's and, and, like someone would hear it and go like oh that sounds like less than jake and i'm just like yeah that's exactly what i was doing like that's awesome you know so <laughs> like it's uh it's really impressive though like to think that most of these songs they were so young when they wrote them and then yeah. even you know it's even crazier that like only three years later they were signed and and, you know, having this massive single that went out and everything. And then they didn't write songs for like four or five years because it's like those are all the songs they had. Right. When they came out with the album and then they had to tour the album. And I think they also had some issues within the band and like band members leaving. Yeah. Something with the bassist was like came and went a few times. They Their lineups changed a lot throughout their the course of this band. Yeah. As we as we saw when we went to their Spotify page. There's like uh, nine, ten people. They they have this album called Origins slash Evolution, I believe. And, oh, it, and there's that's like what it's about. That's the that's the whole. I think so. I think it's a. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to it. I haven't looked into it. But I think it's a live album where they bring all the members from like every iteration of the band, and that's you know, pretty cool. Just kind of play a big show because it's it was put out a good amount of years after their last like studio album. Yeah, I was I was noticing that because I was on their wiki page and it said their last album came out in 2011, I think. But then yeah. I but I had seen last time we were talking and on their Spotify, I was like, I thought an album came out last year. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. Are they yeah. rehashing songs or are they new songs? Uh, I assume it's a reunion type of thing. OK, so they're they're like re-recording some of the songs that they all wrote together. What was a live album? Oh, it's a live album. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is such a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, I love that idea. Yeah, that's that's basically what we're going to be doing when we when you come back to Austin. We're going to have a little <laughs> reunion show where we get eight, all all uh, eleven of the members of Mortales. Yeah, and we're going to play one big show. We're going to play all our old songs, a bunch of new songs, a bunch of new songs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be really fun to like have i mean that's what that, the only that's what would suck is if we really did that it would just be you and andy switching off of drums <laughs> like every other song or something like that would probably suck for y'all and we would also have like a keyboard but no one would be playing it yeah just for the keyboard. amount of times we've like oh yeah we should get a keyboardist in the band god damn it if we and a baritone saxophone 
Right. If we had done both of those things, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> we would have been big. We would have been would've... we would have been playing Ozfest. Yeah, man. We would have been opening for Kitty. <laughs> you know, I was watching a, a video recently about uh you know Rick Beto? No. Beto? Um, I'm sure he does other things outside of this, but he has a YouTube channel and a, and one of the series that he does is what makes this song great. And he like, yeah, yeah. I've seen that around. Okay. So, uh, he did freak on a leash by corn in one of those episodes. And that's like one of my favorite corn songs. And he was talking about new metal in general and that, that he's, I think he's also a producer. Uh, and he says that a bulk of the music that he has produced has been, like of the new metal genre. So he has this like really intimate knowledge of how to write those songs. Mm. And I never thought about this before, but he said what makes new metal different than pretty much all other rock music or all other music in general is that it's some of the only modern music that doesn't write uh, to a blues scale, like the guitar work. Oh, that it's all uh, diatonic scales and like Phrygian or Phrygian scales? Phrygian. So Phrygian, is that what Yeah, Phrygian. Phrygian. Yeah. So, and those go back to like old world music, like classical music. That, those are the, the scales that are used for classical music. So he says, <clears throat> new metal, especially in rock music, is like the only form of rock music that does not, like one of the only forms that does not follow a blues scale. So he was like, that's why the songwriting is so different and that's why it sounds so different from all huh. of their rock music. And I never made that connection before. Um, and it's, it was, it was interesting. Cause I, you know, I literally watched that video probably like two days ago. And then listening to this record after that was the first time I really started like listening to the guitars in that way. And I was like, yeah, there's like very little, like it doesn't sound that melodic in a traditional sense because all blue, all rock is based off of blues music, but this shit isn't. Huh? I like I'd never I, like there's no way I would have ever known about that because I don't play new metal or look at like new metal like songs and compare them to scales and stuff. But that's crazy. Right. Yeah, it like really, really kind of blew my mind that I was that I had never in my head like I always knew new metal sounded different. I never f- could figure out why. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, it's weird hearing the riffs in this because the riffs aren't necessarily like melodic, right? But there's, it's pretty much new metal is like based off of riffage. And they have some like pretty good new metal riffs on this record. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> it's, and I, you know, what do you think about her scream? Um, it's, it, it, it there are different iterations of the scream. On on yeah, different songs, it's like the kind of more rappy screaming. Yeah, it like at first it kind of got on my nerves, but I think the more I listened to it, the more I got into how kind of raw and young, I guess it sounded, mm-hmm. and like how I I don't want to say like untainted or anything, but well, like I don't know, it sounded genuine. like it sounded like someone figuring out how to scream. And yes. they were recording how they were screaming for the first time. And so I'd annoying at first, but I think I appreciated it more the, the more I listened to the album. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh it's, it sounds genuine too. Like she sounds like a, a pissed yeah, off teenager for sure. And this is, you know, this is their first album. It sounds like 
from reading the lyrics, it sounds like she's been through, uh, you know, some pretty rough stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, what was the, uh, the song choke? Like there was a moment there. I didn't really look up a lot of the lyrics, but there's a moment there where she said, uh, something that really like perked my, I was like, what? And I looked into the lyrics. I was like, Oh man, she's talking about a specific event that happened to her. And and it sounded really, you know, it was was very dark. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, this sounds like a teenager who went through some shit for sure. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the songs, it might be this one. Yeah. I think it is choke where she like screams like pedophile. That was the word that I was like, what is going on? And I looked at the lyrics and I was like, Oh no, this is. Yeah. And so this is, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's that's and it's it's crazy to think too, like how, like, you think about music just being like such a badass thing to do, but it's like so vulnerable, and the people yeah. who are willing to like really put their stuff out there like that, like I, I can't really write from a personal, like talk about my personal, you know, life or whatever through like Mortalis, like through rock or metal music, like that's not. To me, that's that's not how I can get that out. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, it's a lot more like sing- the singer songwriter stuff. I feel like I can be more vulnerable. So it is really um, Im- impressive. Might not be the word, but I it's, it it is honestly a, like just to to hear someone in this format of like writing this type of music, like being able to get really personal and and dark and like like you deal with some stuff or, or put some stuff out there. It's just yeah, it's really like it. it it's uh it's impressive to me because a lot of these you know you're saying like like i've been singing let the bodies hit the floor for the past like fucking week i can't get it out of my (laughs) fucking head and it's because i watched like there's a really funny video of someone made that song into like a kid's (laughs) sing-along and i've been have had it stuck in my head ever since i I saw it and you think about that song and it's just standard fucking you know i'm angry and i want to kill someone new metal stuff like you listen to this and a lot of the lyrics on this song are coming from that that using that female perspective too of huh. like the things that they deal with as teenage girls and then you hear the song choke and she mentions pedophile and it's clearly about a relationship an inappropriate relationship she had with an older guy yeah and it's like holy shit man like thinking that you know she wrote that when she was 14 probably yeah it's 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 very courageous it's very brave courageous. it's very commendable courageous thank you that and was it, it, it absolutely like it is it and it, it impresses me when someone's willing to put themselves out there like that it's 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 i mean it's just horrible to think that girls have to go through this type of stuff at such a young age and you know at all but even worse when they're in uh, 14 and they're like in middle school or high school and they've barely experienced the world yet like you remember what puberty was like for for you oh yeah it was such a mind fuck and such a roller coaster and so confusing. Imagine like having to deal with all that plus all these animals around you also going through it. Right. And like looking at you in a completely different way. And you're like, it is gotta be so difficult to come to terms with some of those things. And then also like find your own footing. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, also, it, it, also you're a young teenage band playing at venues with other bands who, you know, I, I believe their first song spit is about other bands and like being not like, respecting them. Fuck y'all. Like what you, you yeah. don't respect us. Cause we're woman and 
that's I, I assume that's the reason why there aren't more women in like rock and local music is because they get harassed by by dudes for one reason or another. It it and it, it, it breaks makes my no heart. Sense. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. It's just um, it's just gross and it's it, it's it, disgusting. It is. it is. And there's there's no place for it and it uh it, you know it makes it just makes guys look bad. Like when when people have to deal with that type of shit. Like I remember growing up, we played with with uh, girls like in, in bands and everything, and we thought it was like awesome. Like you right. go to these shows, and they're just like it is just a male dominated like you know you, you're seeing the same guys all the time, and then you like there's girls at the show, or there's girls playing or whatever, and you're just like I would it, it was like so it made the show more fun to like see that diversity, you know? Yeah, and, and just that they can. You you hear songs about other things from from different perspectives and right. I've from a from the few like female guitar players I've seen, like electric guitar players, not just like uh, acoustic chord and stuff. Like uh, bands like uh, Screaming Females and uh, Ume, they have some extremely creative like guitar parts. Mm-hmm. And I like, is that just like a a female thing? I don't know, but like, I don't know because there there aren't nearly enough female guitars for me to know if that's a trend or not. That's the thing is like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like you, you the you can still introduce something new or play something that I never heard before. And I don't think it, I don't think it uh, has to do with like male or female. But I mean, look at like, is it Tash Sultana? I don't know her. She's a a name that I can't, it's always hard for me to remember, but she does a lot of like looping stuff and she'll play songs by herself and she just loop her guitar part over and over again. And you just, you see this, like, you know, this, uh, the creativity that, that you haven't seen before. And it's just like, Mm. it sucks that like when there's anything with a woman, it's just like the, the fact that they're a woman is like the first thing that is, that you either notice or that, you know, it's like, it's because it's they it's been made difficult to get into certain worlds or subcultures so it's like that's the first thing yeah. you notice and even and it's like even, even right now that when you're looking at guys you know like it's not like oh he's a guy and he's playing guitar right. you know like that's not the that's not the order of things in in our head and it like it sucks like that's the first thing that they have to like that's that you know i'm personally trying to combat too I, it doesn't to me it's like the same thing as race or sex like it doesn't matter like that's not a uh, like a defining feature, you know, it's, it's not something that decides, you know, whether you're good or bad or what genre you should go into or what you should sound like. And it sucks that even now in 2021, uh, even we're talking about it, you know, we're we're dedicating a section to them like, Oh, well it, it, you know, because they're girls, this, 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 and this, you know, I know, Uh, but it's just such a rare occurrence to have a female band, especially in this genre well in any genre really yeah that you kind of have to talk about it man and i gotta say like it it was really hard for me growing up to get into female vocalists like in rock music um because courtney love was like the only one that sounded like a rock vocalist to me like for a Mm. long time um because i i don't really like a lot of like vibrato and like really singing in rock music and i felt like it's 
it's been the last like four years that there have been some badass like female led like especially like grungy bands that have been coming out mm-hmm. um, that I fucking love and and now there's a certain like there's a certain thing that I'm liking more about female vocalists now because it's almost like they're like now they're allowed to be bratty and sing bratty too it's just like <laughs> it's you know one of those things where it's like now there's just for some reason like sheer mag I'm just like they just like right. their vocalist is so awesome and she has like such a bratty voice but it's a great rock voice and everything and it's like uh like Laura Stevenson and Bully and like Charlie Bliss and all these bands uh-huh. I'm just like it's I'm I'm it's like a, a whole new world for me that I'm just like getting so into and it's and it, it, because it is very new and I think it's like these opportunities are starting to come out I mean just like with sexism and, and metal and rock like racism has always been a, a really big issue especially right. in like metal and metal music you know so like think of about that band God for for uh forgives or God, no God forbids I don't know. <laughs> oh man, they I was never really that into them, but they were an all black uh like metalcore band. And that's something that they talked about all the time, you know, like dealing like being all black and being in in metalcore. Uh-huh. Like that was just a white male dominated <laughs> culture. Yeah. And uh so that was another thing too. It's just like where you see like like the like a new guy like Kenny Hoopla and you're like this is a a dude who is a rapper but he's playing pop punk music now. Yeah, and you're seeing it's more so of that. Awesome. You're seeing more of that these days, and I'm loving it. There's this, uh, there's this, um, female producer named Backwash, who Backwash. Yes, it's Back X Wash, all one word. Uh, I recommend it. It's like trap metal, like metalcore. Oh, yeah. She's like, it, it's 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 hardcore, dude. <laughs> nice, dude. I definitely gotta look that up. And so I'm I'm super excited about these these all these new hybrid genres are kind of being explored right now and it, it makes me so it. excited. I'm loving it too. Like the Kenny Hoopla has been like the biggest like uh example to me. I guess like Post Malone before him, but like really with Kenny Hoopla cuz Kenny's like going like all in on the pop punk thing. Mm, yeah and it's really like uh fucking who's that machine gun kelly like same Uh, type of thing i don't yeah i don't like it as much like i think kenny has legitimately good pop punk songs machine gun kelly is just like it's a little cringe he's well he's just kind of the leader in this new movement for whatever reason but i mean maybe he was the first one to to really try and do it but i look at post malone as like the first guy who kind of brought in rock music and and modern like trap type of hip-hop did he I, I don't i mean i know he's always been a fan of like rock and he he's played some nirvana songs but i don't remember him ever really incorporating it into his music i think it was more into the melodies for me like i've been noticing the pop punk melodies are everywhere now hmm. like let it go in frozen that's a pop punk song D- yeah is that right you don't think so? No. What are you talking uh, about? Dude, the I don't Disney know how to explain frozen. it. Let it go. Let it let go. Let it go. Yeah. It, it sounds like a pop punk song to me. Like uh, Moana. What's the song? The the one about going to the sea? Or like the oh, oh, yeah. the water's calling me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, how does it go? God damn. I'm going to have to like, look it up. Yeah. Well, anyway, that is a pop punk song to me how far i'll go how far i'll go yes 
Um, yeah, I mean, you don't think so? I'm, just, I'm hearing pop punk everywhere. Me. No one knows how far it goes. Yeah. No, that's not a pop punk song to me. Well, you're wrong. Okay, whatever, dude. Well, look up punk rock factory on uh instagram they do nothing but like legitimately really good pop punk covers of all these songs and uh and then tell me that's not a goddamn pop punk song it's a pop punk song when you do a pop punk cover no but it was that before that's why it works so well yeah it was already a pop punk song i'll look at it and then i'll and then i'll take a take i'll piss in your animal crackers (laughs) I've never heard that before. <laughs> uh, but in in any case, I mean that was I mean yeah, dude. Overall, like getting back to the record, it's just I couldn't get over the production. It it was just so. It was very painful to listen to the the, the heavy like just almost hyper distorted guitars. Yeah, I think the, that's the, that's a totally fair thing to say about it it's it's got a pretty low production quality but that's one of the reasons i like it right and i could see that it was just it was too much low end no mids at all um and not enough high end and then also and in a thing and this was a thing that's very like uh typical in new metal music too and really in all in any any type of fucking any genre that uses the guitar harmonics sound to like go between chords mm. like that stuff drives me nuts i think it is like such a fallback and like a lazy songwriting and uh and i hate it i don't think it ever adds anything and they do it so much on this record <laughs> that i it's that was it was just another like um stereotype or whatever you know another thing that's just like oh my god like everyone does this in new metal and i hate it and i've always hated it (laughs) (laughs) sheesh well let's oh man yeah i mean even even as someone who's not experienced in new metal it does seem like all the songs kind of take the same basis it doesn't seem like they do anything too innovative or progressive or out of the box yeah i mean you hear like uh like I think it was Paper Doll. Yeah. Like that one is a little softer most of the time. It's got it's got like singing. a bongo in it or something. Right. Same with uh I mean even Brackish has like a I think a bongo going during the Really? Yeah, they have some sort of auxiliary percussion going on during the mm-hmm. course of that song. And then you have Immortal, the the closing track that I just Yeah. I could I I, I could I can't. <laughs> I, I can't dude the just a the the instrumental outro track is just so like old hat i yeah. guess you can put it it's just it's it's like ugh, come on and i know it's just of the times too but just i have 20 years of of you know music evolution to go back and listen to this and be like ugh, really <laughs> um but also it's just cheap it wasn't good like that's i don't think that track Okay, I shouldn't say that. I didn't like it. He didn't like. I can't it. say. I can't say it wasn't good because then then that discre- that discredits if you like it. <laughs> so I'll say I didn't like it. I mean, I I thought it was fine. I, Same thing. Yeah. Nothing really one way or another. And I, I mean, think I why... think it's a there's a cool riff in there. Uh, 
I don't know why like they ended heavy. it with this though. Yeah, I I would have rathered it been like the Renaissance Fair vibe throughout the whole song rather than get like heavy at the end. Right. Well, what were your, uh, did you have like, was it hard for you to pick your choice nugs or did you have two like clear standouts for you? Um, one of the nugs was pretty clear. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's brackish is the first Nar nug. I mean, there's a reason that was the, the first single, right? Yeah. I, I love the, the mix of the scream and the, in the sing vocals, uh, it's, it almost sounds better produced than all the other songs. Like they knew it, it was going to be the main hit. So they like spent yeah. extra time on it or something. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> and, and you're like, probably right. They were just like, we need to go back in here and tweak this a little bit. <laughs> just the, uh, when it comes with the instruments and like, oh man, it's so cool. Uh, and just the vocals in general are pretty neat. There's that breakdown in the middle with those uh, f- fucking like electronic sample drums or something. And then it comes right yeah. back in with the chorus, like a whole different vibe. Like I love that. Yeah. That's a, that is a cool part. Uh, I, and I do like her more melodic, cleaner vocals than I, than her scream. Yeah. It, I it doesn't it was... always, I don't think it always sounds good to me, but there, I do enjoy it more. I think it definitely sounds better kind of pushed back into the background more like an instrument yeah uh, i mean her vocals again you know we're talking about production in general like the vocals aren't produced very well either right like a lot of times they, she sounds like she's in a, a bathroom <laughs> sure yeah you know so it's like you, I, you and i did i did a blanket statement i did notice a kind of filter on her vocals sometimes like she was kind like of singing phaser. Yeah, something like that. I don't know if that was just the room they were in or a little effects or something. It sounds like it was an effect slightly put on her voice. And maybe it was because like just ever you know, so slightly. It's, it's almost like a like why you would put reverb, you know, it kind of like smooths it out a little bit. It just gives it a little more texture. Yeah, and also like if if the production of the vocals wasn't that good, maybe you throw a phaser on there and be like it was a choice. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like we wanted it to sound like that. <laughs> and uh but the second nug was a little tougher i was kind of going back and forth through mainly the first half of the album uh i don't i admit this might be a thing with me it seems like the last a lot of the albums we go through i like the first half a lot more than the second half and i don't know if that's just a me thing or if it's mm-hmm. just a music industry thing we're like all right put all the good songs up front so you that they'll, they'll stick around, right? Yeah, could be. Uh, but I I love how hard Suck goes. I love, you know, Spit. I think it's a good introduction to the band. Got a cool riff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cymbal sounds like trash on that song. but <laughs> <laughs> They Paper... sound like trash on every song, dude. <laughs> Paper Doll was a, was a cool thing. But I think in the end, I'm going to go with yeah, I think I'm going to go with Suck. Okay. Just because of just how gnarly it sounds to me. It sounds like a, a Silverchair song to me. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to like the first two Silverchair albums. I have. I Is that the one with the frog on it? That's the first one. You have Frog Stomp. And the second one's Freak Show. Uh, the kid, the, it has like a, a painting or whatever of a kid with like crab hands. 
I think I've I I might have heard a silver chair song. I don't know. It was like a radio hit. It could be a whole different thing if this is what they sound like. They don't they don't sound very new metally, but they were definitely like really heavy alternative on those first two records. And uh this one this riff sounds like a silver chair riff to me sometimes. So I was able to kind of like like it a little bit more because it reminded me of a band that I like a lot. <laughs> but uh dude, suck goes hard. Oh yeah. Suck is like heavy as fuck. Fuck you. I take this off of me. Fuck you. And it, it, like the vocals, the lyrics are kind of cheesy. Like believe me when I say you suck. You know, like that's yeah. a little that's a little cheesy, but I think the rest of the vo- the lyrics are pretty cool. I mean, they have a song on here called Get Off, You Can Eat a Dick. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I don't think the lyricism is why people are grabbing toward grabbing Baby's first this. hardcore band, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, My first cuss word. <laughs> Their parents let them use cuss words on these songs. So. I think this is the one of the only songs on the record with double bass, too. Yeah, and she's... Honestly, she's she's pretty good at it. Like they're yeah. pretty clean on tempo double kick things and they're not just straight It's almost like triplets. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Is that a triplet? I don't even know. I'm always corrected. I always feel like I use triplet wrong. I think it is. I'm going to say it is. It's the Migos. It's the Migos double kick. Yeah, exactly. She that's where Migos got their flow. <laughs> yeah, it's from suck. the drummer of Kitties. <laughs> double bass and suck. Uh so what about yourself, my good man? Yeah, man. Uh I'm not gonna lie. I almost didn't have a second choice mug. Oh come on. <laughs> come on. You can't I do dude. that unless it's a Beach Boys album. <laughs> <laughs> I think even then I had two pretty standout ones, but um, spit I think would be the first one. Um, that it's a good opener. It's nice and short. Mm-hmm. It's like not even two and a half minutes long. The riff is probably my favorite riff on the record. Uh, even though it sounds so much like Cold Chamber to me. <laughs> Um, and Cold Chamber is one of those that I was so into when they were popular and listening to them now, they're just, oh boy. So this kind of <laughs> sounds a lot like them, but I would say it's even better than Cold Chamber. Oh, right. Um, her scream is pretty legit on this one. It's very raw. Oh yeah. But she, she definitely nailed it on this one. Yeah. And I, I, it's a, like I said, a great opener, great decision. To put that up front, like the guitars don't sound as muddled on it either, um, but they are using that fucking boss death metal pedal, like fucking turned all the way up. <laughs> um, the drums are really are good on this song too, uh, but you said you had a cymbal that fucking drove you nuts on it. No, yeah, it's like it's 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 like one of the higher cymbals. It it just sounds cheap and like weird in the mix. And it yeah. like takes me out of it, but but I do love this song. She does double bass in this one too, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's how she does double bass because that's exactly what we did for for suck. <laughs> she loves and those triplets. It, it might be because it's such a good opener. 
Um, but and it, or it might just be that this you know weird phenomenon that we're noticing doing so all these your episodes. next nug is Charlotte is Charlotte. Oh man, the the second song. Uh, yeah, that was also that was also in consideration for for Nar Nug choice. Nug. I mean, to be totally honest, though, like this was the one that was a definite choice nug for me. Like, really, I I legitimately like I I actually really do like this song, and I think it it sounds like Deftones to me. Yeah, it does a little. It's got those open, super fuzzed guitars over the singing. Yeah, they're doing like uh, the drums are wide open too. She's just hitting that crash or ride or whatever, and they kind of it yeah. is like more open, right? It's not as chuggy. Yeah, and then it it does get a little more chuggy. <laughs> it gets chuggy in the verses, but the choruses are are great, and uh, her vocals are more clean on it, right? Yeah, and it's I, not all right. I will say that part. It's not all right. That is a uh, the only catchy vocal part on this record for me <laughs> you don't think the brackish chorus is catchy it's uh the yeah that part no it annoys or the- me <laughs> <laughs> i hate that part though but you whatever man i can't stand that part you're just man. not I'm you're sorry. just not hardcore like me man some people can't handle it you're it's just okay. a new metal kid i can't match your new metal energy yeah yeah it's true but charlotte has i love their when they slow down you know like yeah that dude like just kind of like those really nice little hits and like why like you said like they're kind of ringing out chords it's not as riffy and chuggy Mm -hmm. and that part the it's not all right is so catchy (laughs) i do think just that that one little part I do think that breakdown where they bust out the clean guitars might show you why they had such heavily distorted guitars the whole album. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like they have good equipment. No, definitely not. But I will say, I like that bridge, man. It's very 90s, like, grunge. Yeah, it is a little uh, out of character for the rest of the album, a little bit. It is. Like, this song stands out. This song is, like, very different. Like, they're doing the octave... The very yeah. grungy octave guitar work there in, during the bridge. And the little Blink-182 Yeah, chords. but then you think that goes all the way back to like fucking count, like Dishwalla and uh, Cranberries. Like this sounds like the Cranberries, this part. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. So, I yeah, this song was a, a standout. Like when, you know, Spit was to me, I was just like, okay, that's just a good new metal song. Charlotte is more of like, it's more metal and more alternative. Mm. And then and how they go from that soft part, just like directly oh, into dude. the, that like chorus again. Like, I don't, is that even the chorus? I think it's just a fucking heavy I, outro. I don't know. It might just, yeah, it just might be a new thing. Like, like crazy, like drum part, dude, that part, that part sounds fun on the drums. Oh yeah, for sure. And that, yeah, that's super, like, she does that, like, like, almost just like, like, you can only do that if you have, like, if you're, you know, you have, like, both your, your arms and, like, like, you're lifting up a barbell, like, halfway, <laughs> and, like, both fists going. And that's the only way you can make that sound is if you have both hands doing that. Yeah. Sound so, like the Tasmanian devil. 
it's almost like someone in like an old kung fu movie like getting stabbed in the stomach (laughs) you know really drag it out (laughs) but i mean dude overall like i i just i didn't enjoy the record um and and it is because i'm coming from almost a snobbery uh, (laughs) new metal snobbery at this point because because I had my brand of new metal that I liked a lot, and I'll admit that a lot of it has aged horribly. <laughs> I would say maybe seventy five percent of it has aged really badly, not just in like the musicianship and the production, but really like in their content, like in the lyrics and stuff like that. Like it's just mm. aged badly. Um, but what I the new metal that I liked, I loved, and this whole album pulls a little bit from all of those bands and in my opinion didn't play it as well but they were 14 when they wrote these songs <laughs> so that's incredible to me i mean i, I imagine i haven't listened to any of their other stuff but i imagine you would probably like their later stuff a little more when they develop their own sound and they kind of yeah find their own unique path i assume they do hopefully i I th- apparently the the album that came out after this one was more um, thrash and oh. like and more death metal. Uh, they kind of got out of the new metal phase. Like they kind of wrote all their new metal stuff, and then they started listening to a lot of like Cannibal Corpse and oh, really? uh, yeah, and more like thrashy metal of the time. And they said that like yeah, their their stuff after this apparently is is pretty different. And I actually am really looking forward to like checking it out because I do think I would like it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, they were on a tribute record, a David Bowie tribute record. Oh. And they cover, like, probably my favorite David Bowie song, which is Space Oddity. They got Space Oddity? They fucking got that song. Ume's on that album. On that oh, really? Band. Ume covers Suffragette City, which is another favorite. Oh, shit. My drum teacher was in that band. Dude, yeah, they're, they're on this. Um, Heartless Bastards are on it. Rogue Wave. The Dum Dum Girls, Icky Blossoms, um, Boy Hits Car, which is such a random. Have you ever like? Do you remember Boy Hits Car? No, I I have no idea what that song is. No, that's a band, <laughs> so you definitely don't know. Yeah, they had a song called uh, "When I Walk As I Watch the Sun Fuck the Ocean," <laughs> and I bought that record because of that song, and I hated the whole record. But I ah. will, I will own that song till i die that song's amazing but yeah kitty does a cover of space oddity and it is great wow it is really good and to me that i wanted that to be my choice nug (laughs) you know what you can you can i'll allow you to go ahead and transplant (laughs) okay that song onto this awesome okay charlotte is my first choice nug my second choice nug is space oddity Great. Off of their off of their David Bowie cover album, <laughs> it is really good, and her vocals have gotten way better. This album came out in 2015, so and it's heavy. It's a heavy cover of the song, and they made it their own, and it's great. Wow. Um, but you know, I just I didn't really enjoy this record, um, and like I said, just my my new metal snobbery. Just like I was too, I was so. Uh, distracted by the production value that it was harder for me to, to enjoy it also. Yeah. So it's like if I already had this other factor, just making it, you know, really almost impossible for me to enjoy it just because it wasn't fun to listen to. 
I despite the songs. As soon as we got off the, uh, as soon as we stopped recording the last episode we put out, uh, and we decided to do this album next, I I was like, yeah, man, you are not, you are gonna have an anti tone bone for this album. Hundred percent, dude. But I I gotta say, like, I was really excited to listen to this album. Like Dang. when you suggested it, I was very confused. <laughs> but I was very excited. Like after I kind of understood why you wanted, I was like, I was really looking forward to it. And then I, then I actually got in, you know, started listening to it. And it was just like, it made me upset. It upset me. Like I was in a bad mood after I listened to it. Dang. That's yeah. the worst. I know, man. It's like, it really did. Like it was uncomfortable for me to listen to. And, uh, and it's like, I don't know if you noticed, but like when we jumped on, uh, to record this episode, like I had, I had just gone done listening to it again. Yeah. And I was in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. I noticed you were a little, a little more quiet, a little more reserved than you usually are when we get on this call. Yeah, man. I was not excited to talk about this cause I was in a bad mood about it. <laughs> like it literally <laughs> made me mad. Um, so, you know, I, I got a, despite the fact that they were 14, which makes it so much more impressive to me that they wrote this album. Um, I got to rate it from just like how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, of course. And if I want to be, do you want me to be mean or do you want me to be fair? I mean, look, man, it's your rating. <laughs> You're the only, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't those know. are two different ratings. <laughs> the, what do you, okay. I don't want you to be fair. I want you to be Lucas and I want you okay, to give it so the Lucas rating. Um, well, okay. The Lucas rating, if I'm just being totally honest, man, is like a 2.3. A 2.3. I, I know, man. Oh I know. man. I wasn't, I'm not, a, I'm not happy about it. It's like a pet sound situation where I don't feel good about this. <laughs> um, but I, I gotta say, man, like it, it emotionally upset me listening to the album like it, it mentally upset me yeah and and um and it, it it upset me even more thinking why did brett want to talk about this <laughs> like <laughs> like did because i was telling i was talking to christina and i'm just like well maybe he you know because it's been so long since we've like hate fucked an album like you know like ever since the pet sounds really that i was just like i wonder if that's why brett picked this like he wanted to pick an album that he knew that we weren't gonna like so we can just shit on something for an hour. And uh, and I don't think I shit on it. But No, I, I don't think you shit that, on it at all. Okay, because like when I was like you know, like when I was thinking about that, it upset me more. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Brett's making me listen to something that he knows I'm gonna hate for thirty seven minutes. And I'm just no. like, what the fuck, man? And I would have gone into it with a, a more open mind if if you had told me that was the point. So was it it was a total surprise when I told you that I liked this album. I dude, you yes, like I didn't that's the last thing I expected for you to say. Man, yeah. I I mean, I'm going to give this thing, I'll just get it out of the way. I'm going to give this like a 7.4. Wow, dude. So like yeah. you gave uh Coastal Kites like a 7.6? Uh yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wow, so this is like right up there for you. This is this is gonna start the uh, the revenge era of earbuds, <laughs> where uh, we're earphones. This is the official 
we've we've turned heel. <laughs> but no, man. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, it, it, as as Michael says, like the rating system is a little bit null. Obviously, if I gave mm-hmm. Coastal Kites a seven point six and I gave this a seven point six, it's like for totally different reasons, right? Well, to me, it's just it's you're not just I'm rating my enjoyment level. You know, like that is my rating basis. It's like, yeah, how much did I enjoy this? Like I, it could be the best musicians in the ro- in the world. And if I didn't enjoy it, I'm not going to give it a, a good score just because they play their instruments well. Right. You yeah. Know? So I, like, like for Coastal Kites, if I, if I'm, it's kind of the same thing. Like if I'm ever feeling developing a real hardcore mood, you know, I may or may not pull this up. It's the same with Coastal Kites. If I'm in a kind of instrumental groovy uh world like music almost tone bone of. kind of mood right right and so the, the, you know my enjoyment of them are about the same but for completely different reasons sure man yeah for sure i mean it's like uh you know that christmas album that i gave a nine point something last year <laughs> like oh, that punk man dude <laughs> it's cause, do it's not cause bring that it. album onto this podcast please i beg you <laughs> Dude, around Christmas, we have to do a Christmas record. Uh, Maybe for every week in December, we're going to do a Christmas album. Dude, I already... We can talk about that. I told you at Amazon that they play, like, trap dubstep Christmas music, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get enough. I I hurt enough. (laughs) Punk rock Christmas, dude. Just give that a chance. Ugh. But, I mean, it was, a you know, to make that point, it's like, I enjoyed that record just as much as I enjoyed Coastal Kites. It doesn't matter if it's a cheesy punk Christmas album, you know? Right. Um, so 7.4, dude, that's fucking solid. You really like this record. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan. Did you expect to? Were you, uh, were, did Have you heard any? Did, like, did Lily show you any songs? And that's when you were like, oh, I want to listen to this album. Or did she just say you should listen to this album? Yeah, Lily showed me Brackish. And I think okay. I also listened to Spit. Uh, and I honestly... On my first listen, I was kind of expecting it to be all pretty terrible, like, bad music, except for, like, the one hit that happened to, like, they happened to hit the right chord. But, no, I, I actually in, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would. And wow. if I if I had, I don't know, if I got more into Coal Chamber or Corn or whatever and I got... <laughs> you, you're not going to. It got more of a platter of like the the more mature side of new metal than you know maybe this Doesn't would exist. rate this lower. Um, yeah, I mean you might, but probably not because you know just like with anything else, like you're think about the first punk record you ever heard that like got you into punk. Like you probably heard way more punk music now that technically is better than that, but you're still gonna go back to that one album and fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, so like this was, uh, I would say for, for new metal, this was a good intro, but like compared to like $3 bill y'all, like, what did you rate that? I don't know. I don't remember. Not very good. I don't think. Uh, I mean, yeah, a $3 bill were some good songs. I think, I think what I said is that by the midpoint, it like got way too, like the record is way too long and it got on my nerves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With not nearly enough variety to make up for how long the record is. Yeah, there was definitely five extra songs on that album. 
But you know, this song, this album being like thirty-seven minutes, twelve songs, they they definitely could have taken a couple songs off of here. But yeah. at least it wasn't like, I don't know, like an hour-long slog. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, like you know, to me, like that that album to me, I enjoyed way more than this one. Um, and it, I think you enjoyed this one way more than Three Dollar Bill. So I was curious, like, what was the difference? Like, yeah. what did you like more about this one than Three Dollar Bill? Uh, I mean, the the female vocalist is a breath of fresh air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't enjoy like Durst in general, so that probably affected my enjoyment of the music. Totally understandable. Um, the the songs are a little bit shorter on here a little bit more more uh what is it biteable like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're um, snackable snackable um and god it's been so long since three dollar bill i know i was just curious you know because it's like for to to have finally listened to like two albums that are within the same under the same umbrella and you enjoyed one so much more than i did but then it was vice versa with the other one. It's just like, you know, it, there has to be nostalgia affecting my, you know, my, my thought process when thinking about $3 bill y'all. Mm. Like, I don't know if there's objective things that you can point out that you're just like, this kitty album is objectively what well, they do on with this stuff is objectively better than what Limp Bizkit does with this stuff. No. You know? Yeah. And, and like also the, a lot of the Limp Bizkit songs were kind of, uh, you know, there there were a couple like anti-authority songs, and there were also a lot of like braggadocious songs. And yeah, I feel no, like the lyrics, the lyrics and meanings of these songs are probably a little more personal, a little more emotional. Something I'd be a lot, a little more susceptible to. You know, for sure. Despite being, um, you know, kind of despite not having immature, gone maybe that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also being like obviously like a teenager wrote it. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Im- immature might not be the word, but maybe like uh, uh, inexperienced. Yeah, inexperienced and, and raw. Yeah, for sure. Interesting, man. Well, you know, I've I've definitely gotten in a much better mood as we've been talking <laughs> through the album and everything. But uh, yeah, man, this was definitely uh, challenging for me to <laughs> a to listen to it more than once. <laughs> And B, to, to figure out, like, how can I talk about this without being upset or just completely shitting on it? And um, well, you know, I got yeah. I got great news for you, bud. Uh, the the episode is nearing the end. You you waxed all the strips off and you get to I pick the album it. for the next episode. I think I, I did it. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Oh, man. Well, don't tell Lily what everything I said. Um, no, yeah, don't worry. She doesn't listen to any of the episodes. I know. No one does. Yeah. <laughs> so for the next one, I kind of wanted to go a little, a little off the wall, a little bit, um, off the wall for us, because we don't, we, I feel like we haven't talked about hip hop in a while. You know what? That's, that's very true. I think our last hip hop episode was unlocked. The Denzel, Denzel Curry, Curry and Kenny Beats. Amazing, amazing album. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about. I think you pronounce it no not like no name. Oh yeah. Uh, or is it no name? Is it not just know. no name? I, I it might be no name. I but believe, I pronounce it no name. I think yes, that's the chick that kinda has a chance the rapper vibe. Is that right? She you know, I don't I don't listen to a lot of Chance the Rapper 
Um, but she, that's where she got, uh, she kind of blew up on, uh, one of his mixtapes, acid rap. I think she was on there and people were like, who is this? Um, mm. I want to talk about her first mixtape, which is called telephone. Telephone. Yeah, it is. Uh, she's, I would say like it, she's almost like, uh, a, a poet who decided to put her poetry like onto, onto hip hop music. Yeah. And it's very like jazzy hip hop. And, uh, um, okay. she definitely like made a really big impression on me when I, when I heard her the first time. So yeah, man. So I, I wanted to see what, uh, what you thought. And I wanted to go back to this record cause I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I've, uh, I've been, you know, I've been meaning to get into, uh, this chick for a while, but never really found a good time. So this is perfect. Well, dude, No Name, that's how you pronounce it, and that's what we're talking about next, Telephone by No Name. <laughs> and if it's a different way, uh, and we pronounce it differently next episode, just ignore that. Don't bring it up. Yep, don't worry about it. Maybe I'll join her book club. Hey, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, I don't even know she owned one. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you <laughs> agree or disagree with anything that we said uh, during this review, like, let us know. Tell us team comment. team Brett or team Lucas. Yeah, pick pick sides. We want extreme civil opposition going through with this podcast. We're taking cues from general media outlets that we want you guys, we want to pit you guys against each other, okay? Yes. And the more outrage the better, I believe is how it works. If you liked it and your friend hated it, your friend is now your enemy. Yeah. That's that's so, the main message we want to get across with this podcast. Let's yes, we're trying. We're ear foes now. We've yep. officially rebranded. I would. I wish we could. I wish we could call ourselves ear foes, but put an N between the O and E, like in brackets, so we could be earphones to kind of follow with the trend, the theme of like the title. You know. Mm, I see. Well, we can put like one of those little carrots in between the O and the E and have okay. an N. All right. You know, because that way it's like you can read it both ways. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we could definitely do that. All right. Cool. Well, you can find us on Instagram uh, at EBPcast. Uh, like I said, leave us a, a little comment saying, you know, how, how many times did Brett upset you by liking this record during this episode? <laughs> and how uh, many times can... did Lucas upset you by not liking this record? Yeah. And how many times did you agree with Lucas, which is probably countless. And you can find Brett. And Brett, that's it. We're not. Nope. Nope. You nope. can't count to zero. Uh, you can find Brett at uh, <laughs> Brett at Brad Hennerhan with like 13 N's or something. You can find yep. me at Jean-Luc Guitard spelled exactly how you say it. Figure it out. Um, and we got a new episode coming out after this one. So stick around. Thanks for listening, buddies. Thank you. Bye. Hey, Brett. This was good. You know, Lucas, this was good. Bye. See ya. And a three, and a two, and a one.